Project Kayfabe. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Project Kayfabe, a wrestling and pop culture podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe. I'm with my boy, Quade. Today, Quade, tell him how you doing. Yo, how y'all doing? I'm doing good. They ain't gonna answer back to you. I don't know why you said <laughs> Oh my god. That's like, you know, that's like something like, you know, you go to a movie, even though that's like never happens anymore. You go to a movie and then they say, enjoy your film. And you're like, you too. <laughs> At amusement park for the people get tickets to have a good time in the park and say, you too. Okay. <laughs> All right, bozo. <laughs> but anywho, today is Wednesday, March 10th. I still can't get over it. it's March 10th, you know, it's it's Wednesday while you guys are listening, if you guys are listening once the episode drops, Tuesday for us, um, and we got some stuff to talk about, not really, like, big things in the wrestling world compared to, like, the week before, I feel like, but the biggest thing is what happened at AEW Revolution that I can't wait to just get into, <laughs> very interesting how that all went down, um, but besides that, thank you guys for just, you know, continuing to support what we got going on checking out the pod you know it's really cool to see like i've mentioned it the previous week i mentioned yesterday's episode over 2200 plays that's fucking huge like i never think that was gonna happen that like at this point you know i would be thinking like you know when i started this six months ago a little bit more than six months ago i was like damn maybe i'll be at like 400 or some shit at some point but now 2000 that's pretty cool finding out more ways to engage and get involved with all you guys but with that being said, let's dive into some wrestling talk. One of the biggest things that I saw in the last day or two, and I'm going to try and like keep these all in order. So Peacock, you know, obviously they are going to be having the rights to the WWE catalog, having all the wrestling on there. And uh, that migration is starting in March. Well, technically, the first pay-per-view will be Fastlane. That'll be the first thing that'll be available. But the whole migration and stuff, I see it's happening in April. And then they'll, well, the first thing they'll really do is move over all the manias. And then all of the 2020 pay-per-views and, like, a couple of the Raws and SmackDowns from the last couple of months. But that's the only thing we're really going to get. It won't really be until, like, August, where the whole you know, package of the WWE Network is going to be back when it's going to be moved over to Peacock. Along with that, there's some things like I was reading, like, oh, like the search functionality won't be as set up as the way it's WWE Network search functionality is where you won't be able to really, like, search up a specific match, which I'm kind of annoyed about because that's something I wanted to begin with. Like, you could do that in the network on the app. It felt, it was a little bit, like, picky at times because like if i wanted a specific one i had to keep like searching a little harder but like i could at least find it and not having this anymore that's gonna be annoying they just you know it's cool that peacock's buying it but i I just wish like like i don't know why did why did i need to like take away certain uh, certain features and on top of that you know peacock it's uh, not peacock but the wwe network itself it was already missing a lot of things that i wish it could have or just like bring to the table and you know now with this peacock switch it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see you know if you're in the mood in like may to watch like ecw from two uh from 1998 you ain't gonna be able to watch that shit you know and that's uh it's just gonna be an interesting thing 
to see how this whole change works out. And hopefully, you know, at the very least, uh, it won't be as shitty, too. Because I remember when WWE Network first started, there was like, you know, NXT TakeOver. Well, it wasn't even a TakeOver at that point. It was Revolution, I'm pretty sure, or whatever they called it back then. Um, That one was like kind of like finicky. And then the pay-per-views afterwards, like sometimes a network would just drop on you out of fucking nowhere. So, like, I hope to God that doesn't happen straight when you go to Peacock, especially with the amount of years it's taken to fucking change it up. So, who knows? But, I don't know. What do you think, Claude? Um, I, I kind of, I mean, I expect that most of the features to be gone. Cause like, using Peacock, you know, none of the stuff is there. The main thing that I hate is that, like, one thing about the network that I love was just be able to pick what matches you want to watch. Especially, like, say I watch WrestleMania, and like, I only want to watch the main event. I can just easily go to that. And now you just, like, scream through it. And there's not even, like, a visual... Uh, skimming like yeah scrubbing whatever you call it is like you just gotta guess <laughs> yeah like, they they point. even said they're gonna try and get that on there i'm like why don't you already have this functionality <laughs> like every streaming service that i use at the very least has something similar to that um and that sucks and like, i'm i'm also mad because i was i was i just started rewatching the uh rufus aggression era okay i want to like go back and watch it because there's some stuff i just don't remember remember from it Especially on the Raw side, and now I can't do that because half the Raws and SmackDowns, the pay per views won't even be there. So I was like, "What's the point?" <laughs> so I gotta wait until what, August. Uh, by that point, I won't even care anymore. Yeah, that's that's really annoying for people, you know. And I kind of wish like WWE Network would still be running simultaneously in a way, kind of like because they already have WWE Network stuff on Peacock. I kind of wish until that migration was officially over. Like, they could, they could just keep it running until then. Because, like, for example, WWE Network will exist outside of the U.S. Like, it's going to be available because no one else has Peacock, I'm pretty sure. Or at least, like, it's a big America thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's going to be annoying. Not be able to, like, find the specific match in the pay-per-view. Uh, just things that you would hope that they would get onto, And maybe... Who knows, maybe Peacock might have other things that they're going to do for us that, like, it would be cool that the network didn't have. Like, I mentioned this before, I would love to find specific rivalries. But now that I think about it, if they're not going to have, like, if the search function won't be anywhere near, like, the WWE Network's version, which, you know, is kind of bare as it is. But if they won't have that, because it's obviously supporting movies and TV shows, like, it's it's it'll be annoying. Hopefully, WWE Network could find a way to... I mean, not the WWE Network, but WWE can find a way to make sure their partner of Peacock or just the NBC in general can, like, gear things better for their wrestlers, like their wrestling fans. Because who knows? You might see a lot of people drop out of this. Like, (laughs) Network was suffering as it was for a while, and now who knows? They probably might suffer again out of this. If people don't want to pay $5.99 to watch because of bad services, that's honestly pretty funny. I kind of hope it happens. (laughs) And I'm really interested to see how this commercial function is going to fucking work. Because, like, you know, there was kind of commercials in a way, like, in between on the live version of the network when you're watching, like, a pay-per-view and it'll play what's next and stuff like that. There was commercials in between the stuff. But I swear to God, if I'm paying $4.99, okay, it's half off. I'm paying $4.99 and in the middle of fucking WrestleMania, you got an ad for, you know, Law and Order or some shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? At, at, at that point, I'm sorry, but I will be finding other means to watch, to watch wrestling. I would not, cannot bother with that. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, then what's the thing is, it's like, you know, technically, like, if you're already paying for the network, just get the 999 version, honestly. Like, it's not going to change much. And now you have, like, all of what Peacock has offerings commercial free. So, technically, it's not the worst. I will see how it is for the first month. I'll, like, give it a go. And if it's fucking annoying, then I'll probably do the 999. I have Peacock already. I have the free version. And obviously, I have network. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what it is. I've seen mixed reviews on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. So let's see what they end up pulling out from this one. Uh, Takeover is scheduled for April 8th, which is a Thursday. Uh, that'll be that'll be something. You know, Thursday. So think about the whole fucking week in wrestling you're going to have. So Monday is Raw. Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday will be also like, you know, your NXT and your AEW. Then Thursday will be the TakeOver. Then Friday will be SmackDown. And then you got Saturday and Sunday for Mania. And then if you're like a diehard like fan of everything else too, like you got whole WrestleMania weekend where there's always shows going on. So that's fucking crazy. That's going to be a <laughs> lot of damn wrestling. And I think after that week, like I might need a week off or some shit because that's going to be a lot. Like, that's, you gotta live, breathe, and sleep wrestling that entire fucking time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be, I think at that week, I, yeah, I think we're all gonna need, like, a week off of just wrestling, and just general. Because even when I went to Mania and did, like, NXT, Mania, SmackDown Raw, that, that and it was just four shows, that was draining enough to just even sit through, like, four WWE shows back-to-back, you know? And then this plus AEW now, then plus I think New Japan probably got something going on too. I don't watch it, but it's just there. Then you got Impact, MLW, <laughs> and not even to mention, don't forget because oh, I just realized this extends over a week because you got the Monday night after Raw. I mean after WrestleMania, so that's obviously a big one. And then if NXT Takeover is going to be switching to Tuesday nights now, now I mean not Takeover oh, but NXT. God. Then you'll probably need to watch that because of what happened over TakeOver. And then, of course, AEW will then be the next day. You get Thursday to fucking breathe for a hot second. And then Friday, you got to watch SmackDown. So, yeah, maybe uh, wrestling will definitely need a week. I I feel like after that week, we might go on a hiatus on the podcast for at least (laughs) one fucking week just to not talk about some damn wrestling. (laughs) Two bet-to-bet weeks of just straight wrestling every single day except for Thursday the second week is... That's honestly gonna be no, not even. Thanks to UK comes on Thursdays. This is a full week of wrestling. <laughs> hey, I don't give a shit about watching that. So whoever's watching that, have fun. I've heard people say it's underrated, and I believe it. I mean, I believe it, but I'd have no interest to getting into this one. You know, I'm I'm watching all of the wrestling that matters to me, and you know, when I want to try and watch more wrestling, I'm not gonna dive into UK. I'm gonna try and watch more of New Japan, or try at least get into more Joshi. But uh, NXT UK, it sucks to suck, you know? It's unfortunate that you guys are under this, but there's definitely, like, some hardcore fans for them, I believe it, especially, you know, people from the UK. But who knows? Maybe the people in the UK hate it because it kind of changed up the whole UK wrestling scene over there. Yeah. NXT UK really killed that scene. It's kind of sad. I saw NXT's apparently there's uh, William Regal. He says he has a big announcement. I think it's for tomorrow, actually. And people are assuming the the first announcement will be the fact that they will move from uh, Wednesday nights to Tuesday nights. But then they're also assuming that it's going to have some NXT women's tag team titles. 
Uh, that could be that could be good. You know, I I kind of expected where Cal Diaz and uh, Dakota Kai like would have been cool for them to win the NXT. I mean the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. But if they make some NXT ones, I mean that's good for them more that they can do with the just women's division in general. And hopefully this could then branch off into having more women going into like the main rosters and actually making that NXT. T- I mean that tag team title more you know i don't know fucking competitive that landscape but at the same time i kind of did like having it that it could go over to nxt the problem was it never really went over to nxt which i guess is why i see they would want to make tag team titles for them because it would be nice but at the same time to put your you know women's champs and they have to go between smackdown raw and nxt at a given time like it's probably annoying and after the pandemic is officially like kind of done and wwe starts traveling again i feel like that would be pretty pretty shitty for them to always be going back and forth from like wherever they're at in the middle of the fucking country to and the performance center so or actually no it's not even called the performance center anymore it's uh they went somewhere else i don't even recall the fucking name of it because i barely watch (laughs) it that much but they talk about the name of that for a lot in the show i remember at least in nxt takeover they did uh but yeah tag team titles I'd be happy to see them there. At least, you know, it's unfortunate when you already have gold. But, yeah, like I said, it's probably be a lot of work to end up doing that. And they didn't really bring it down to NXT that much as it is. But what is what is your take? I, I'm happy that they moved. I mean, it's a mixed feelings. Like, I've, to me, the perfect idea would just take the titles that you already have and move them to NXT because you don't use them on the main roster anyway. So it's like, why even have them? But then, you know, I think NXT is going to do – this title just i think because they already have teams like they already started forming teams in the in the dusty classic and they kept them around like ember moon and shashi blackheart still come out to, to like a joint theme and like tie and try and everything's and that's and they have they have smaller teams too so i think it's gonna be good for them and especially they get to use one thing my nxt they have a large um, woman roster that they don't get to use often and i think this opened up the door for some of those people to get used more so that's pretty dope uh, so that's, that's, I think it's going to be good you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah there's a lot of possibility in what can happen from this and you know, that's the nice thing about NXT there is plenty of women down there and a lot of women that also didn't get used enough because like there's a lot of women down there compared to like with the main roster where there is plenty of women but at the same time no one's getting used as nearly as they could I didn't see that Peyton Royce promo but I heard it was pretty good I didn't. I didn't see it I heard she was like getting emotional about something. But I don't know. I saw it. I I heard about, it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, basically saying she's like kind of like liking her direction. They're like she's basically like just give me fucking Oscar already. Like come on. And like clearly, like obviously WWE definitely was like, hey, just go say whatever the hell you want out there. And I think it worked out pretty well. But that's the thing. There's like I don't know. Just in general. So like I think NXT does have plenty of women and they do well at like trying to cycle through them. But at the same time, there's just so many of them compared to the main roster where there's, there is plenty of them, but they only use the same couple of them of like them for the storylines and shit like that. Uh, So it would be interesting, you know, just women's wrestling. It's not the same in WWE as it was like when you had Becky Charlotte and all of them like really going at it during those last couple of years. I, is the woman the woman roster just like a shell of his for of for myself like it's crazy how I didn't think 
the lack of Becky Lynch will really do the the at least Raw is so bad, and it really did. Like Asuka tried her best, they didn't use her right. Charlotte was gone. She just came back and is already being thrown into a world title shot. Uh, and no, everyone else on the roster just not being used properly. It's kind of it's kind of ridiculous that they. I was I was thinking this like they kind of almost it feels like they went backwards and almost into like a mini diva era in a way. And it's kind of it's kind of uh, sad to see a mini diva era. I wouldn't say really that, but it's like I I kind of get what you're trying to say. It's like just the fact that they don't really they're not putting that much effort yeah. into it is kind of diva era-esque because like i i wouldn't say that for sure especially like thinking if i think hard enough like for example look at what it's like on smackdown and like look at what we just had with beyond i mean not bianca but bailey and sasha banks like you know you would have never saw that in the divas division uh back in the day but like for example raw it's like kind of boring in the woman's side of things and smackdown clearly is the a show right now and on top of that like it's just you could see it's doing better over there, but on Raw, yeah, I could very see. I, I see what you're trying to get out of here, and yeah. it's just like they they like for example, this is the next part of news that I saw, and this kind of pissed me off when I saw it a couple days ago. So Lacey Evans was set to win the Raw Women's Title from Oscar at Elimination Chamber. You know, I can't get upset at her for getting pregnant. That's her own thing, you know. Um, but I can get upset at the WWE for waiting this fucking long. You know, they're going to, they finally were going to give it to her. And of course she gets pregnant. And now I wonder if they ever will give it to her again. Now, you know, she had this, it took so long for her to finally get this chance. And Lacey Evans, I feel has been pretty hot. Like she is a good heel. That could just be the fucking asshole to have the title for you. And honestly, she, she doesn't seem, she's not, What's the words I'm trying to feel? Like, it's believable to see if she keeps winning, you know? Like, if she, like, goes through half the roster, it's kind of believable because, you know, she's former, like, you know, far, for, uh, former soldier. On top of that, she, like, has the build for it that she could look pretty dominating in the ring. She does well in the ring, pretty much. And it would have been interesting also just to see that match of her versus Charlotte at Mania that we would have probably got. But uh, I can't, you know, get mad at her for getting pregnant, but I could get mad at WWE for waiting too fucking long and pulling the damn trigger on someone that good. Yeah, I found that, I found that kind of sad. <laughs> but one thing to say, Oscar, Oscar and, and, and pregnancy, she always seems to come out on top and she, she seems to be thriving uh, when it comes to that. But I feel, I feel bad for Lacey Evans. I mean, I feel bad in the sense that she'll finally get a push and she didn't get it. Of course, she moved, she's... You know, having another kid that's like way better than winning any championship, so good, good for her. But it just sucks to see. Yeah, like you said, like they took someone to push her. They finally about to, and then you know, life happens, and good, good is a good thing in life. Um, I just wonder what this is gonna mean for sure, Oscar, because it seems like to me they, they want to take the title off her at some point. And I personally don't see why they're gonna bring Oscar into cha- into Mania's champion if she's gonna lose to Charlotte. To me, it's just kind of counterproductive. I hope she loses the top beforehand, but she is injured, so I don't know what's happening there. But, yeah. Yeah, I really don't know what they could do with, like, the Raw Women's title if Asuka's not involved. Because, like, uh, like, yeah, it does seem like they want to take it off of her. And at the same time, it seems like Charlotte would be the most that makes sense. We do have the Rhea Ripley that's supposed to be coming at some point, I think, next Monday, maybe, or the Monday after. 
Uh, I can't recall if it's at my head at this moment, but you know, we, they could easily just run back Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte part two and let Rhea fucking win it. Cause she deserves it. She fucking has been killing it ever since that. Like her, she's never, she hasn't really gone on the decline since her match with Charlotte, I will say. So I could see her winning it. That would be cool. Maybe Asuka, you know, probably wants to take some time off. I don't know. She's just been champion forever. She's been doing well. So good for Asuka. But I would like some, you know, a change in uh, the women's division over there and just see what they would pull off. This was interesting. This one was very funny. WWE finding their wrestlers for thigh slapping. (laughs) WWE's calling out the thigh slappers, you know. Anybody that fucking does a super kick nowadays is slapping their thighs. And now, you know, WWE's apparently having an issue with this, which is apparently this is true. Uh, in those ang season shambles right now, and I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> Half the roster, that's all they that's all they do. I don't know. I mean Randy Orton even said it in fucking self once. Like he called that out to Tommaso Champa, I'm pretty sure. And I, I you know the fucking thigh slaps. You you can easily see them and whatnot, but they do make a super kick at least look cooler. You know they Shawn Michaels always made them look fucking cool, but the slap is it's a nice touch. It's just sometimes it's just so fucking blatant that there's a fucking thigh slap going on. Ah, uh, but yeah, geez, that's just that was some news I saw that popped up. I'm like, this is real. Like I thought it was like a kayfabe news thing. Have you ever, you probably heard of kayfabe news? I thought it came out of there, and then I'm like, nope, that's real. Fucking ridiculous. And I'm trying to think. Like the only one I could possibly think off the top of my head of thigh slappers is just Adam Cole, but. There's definitely a lot more too. like you know, anyone that throws a super kick nowadays. And it's funny, you know, ever since Shawn Michaels, you know, semi's retired, he came out of that for that one match, but he retired. Everyone fucking uses it now. <laughs> this is where we're going to leave. <laughs> like it's not even a finisher anymore. So, uh, a fucking thigh slapping, man. You know, it does look, it does add a little extra, but at the same time, they, let's see how it's going to be without it. Yeah, it should be interesting. I, I I don't know how. I want to see has has does Shawn Michaels ever use a thigh slap? Because like that's just I don't know. I never really realized. I don't really recall Shawn Michaels ever really doing a thigh slap with it. Um, I feel like it was just like his upper body was on like was never really involved for it. Uh, here, I'll pull up on YouTube real quick. See what I get on Shawn Michaels with the super kick. Yeah, kind of mm. curious because like. If he never did it before, then why is everybody else doing it now? <laughs> but if he did do it, why are they canceling it? <laughs> uh, well, it definitely came out of the indies, I feel. Right. Like, I feel like I saw a lot of thigh slapping coming out of the indies. So it would be, it would make sense that that's where it's coming out from. And, you know, WWE, their biggest things is they love to try and get their wrestlers to change how they fight when they come there. Yeah, I'm trying. Let me see. Let me see. I'm I'm looking at this little clip right here. Shawn Michaels kind of does it, actually. Hmm. Yeah, Shawn Michaels totally. I see him right there. He just slapped, even with that Shelton Benjamin thing. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he full on goes like hard and slaps it, but the hand does definitely connect the leg. If he does it, then why? Uh, maybe just tell people to just not be aggressive <laughs> and just let them live. But just like you know, chill out with it. Yeah, at the same time, there's probably other moves like 
You know, the most, the one I think of straight away, you know, that's a die slapper is a super kick, but there's probably other moves that all, that incorporate the die slap that I just can't think of off the top of my head. So WWE just getting weird, you know, I guess maybe cause you know, they're trying to protect the business quote unquote, but I, it's not that big of a fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. New Japan for what they're doing. I know we could have talked about this last week, but I forgot to mention it. But the fact that they're going to combine the world championship that they got over there and their intercontinental championship, that's uh, that would be pretty interesting to see because, you know, the IWGP intercontinental championship has been along since uh, early, not early, but late 2000s because of MVP, um, you know, late, early 2000s. Uh, and then the world championship. I don't know how long that style has been around, but the IWG, uh, GP world heavyweight championship and the intercontinental one look fucking dope. And now they're going to unify them. So I really wonder what that's going to really pull off with the whole new Japan deal and not deal, but like just momentum. Like, cause now they do have the never, uh, open weight belt. I'm pretty sure I might have butchered the fucking name out of it. That's a cool one. That's where like all the fucking hard hitters are fighting each other for that belt. I just it's gonna kinda be sad to see that that white belt retired. And the black one too. I wonder what their whole design's gonna look like. Yeah, that's interesting. I know people are upset because like the whole lineage is gonna disappear now. So it's like people like <laughs> people like Brock Lesnar no longer <laughs> they no longer have held the the top New Japan title, but you know, I guess that's that's what they want to do. You know, I, I, I'm I'm a fan of not unifying titles. I, I never like unifying titles if it's, there's no need to. I, I don't feel like there's a need to care. It just I do see like that lineage does go away. Like for example, look at WWE in the World Heavyweight Championship. The actual like the one from WCW that came over that was great to have, and now it's just non-existent. And we got the universal title, <laughs> like, and and the best and the worst thing that comes when when shit like this happens, at least specifically with WWE, because now all their titles fucking look the same, you know. And mind you, UFC kind of has this thing going on that a lot of their titles fucking look the same too. But with WWE, like, I feel like some of the best things about them were their titles were all uniquely their own, and Big Gold was just perfect. The spinner belt, I, I know a lot of people fucking hate it, but that was like our generation's belt for the WWE title, so I still fucking love that. You know, just the idea that it all looks different. And New Japan, a lot of their belts, they are very similar. The only ones, I mean, not similar, different. The only ones I can think off the top of my head is the junior world heavyweight title does look like the world title, which in a way does fucking make sense. Like, yeah, it's a smaller version of your main version because the division is the junior division. So changing the belts, unifying them. And I'm going to be a little sad. I'm not going to lie, but interested to see what they're going to develop out of this because I don't know when they're going to really reveal this whole this whole unified belt. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? I know Jay White probably... I upset. You know, his whole goal was to win freaking both the house and not unify them. <laughs> so now look at that. Should just let him win. Maybe he's thinking about going back to maybe he should have went to the WWE. <laughs> I saw this one thing that I thought was interesting. So apparently Pat McAfee has been trying to get a job at AEW. That's what Cody Rhodes has been saying. He's like, oh yeah, every other day Pat McAfee is trying to get a job here. And I find that that's just 
oh, like it's, I'm, I'm confused. I didn't know that was a thing. You know, I thought Pat McAfee had some nice deal going on with NXT. I am surprised that we haven't seen him in a while. You know, he did make public comments, obviously, about when Adam Cole turned uh, heel. Well, well, not heel, because he was already basically heel. But when he turned on the Undisputed Era, he obviously said, see, told you not to trust that bastard, Adam Cole. But now, uh, apparently, he's been trying to go to AEW. I, I don't even see why Cody would lie about something like this. Like, it's Pat McAfee. What does he have to benefit for lying about this? Sure, Pat McAfee's pretty cool. He's talented in the ring from what we see for his only two matches. But uh, that's that's something to see that he's trying to jump ship down to AEW. You know what? Go ahead. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll let him I'll let him there because it's freaking... He's he's a he's he's good talent honestly like, he's a good wrestler, um he he shocked me in wrestling, and I don't know if WWE is weirdly not using him which is like I don't understand what happened there but you know I, hey if he wants a job take the job yeah I mean think about it he was not only really surprisingly good in the ring but his mic skills were pretty cool too. Like, he was overall a good package and something that they could be using down in NXT. And they're not. So, if he's not, I don't think he's signed to a contract or anything like that. He might have had, like, I remember he would do, like, some of the pre-shows for certain things. I know he does the watch-alongs. If they're not just going to use him and he does want a job at AEW, that would be interesting to see where that goes. Especially, like, I could see him feuding with someone like Cody for some reason. Like, it just makes sense. Uh, but Pat McAfee, cool dude, was very interesting for, yeah, interesting. Uh, very, you know, good for two matches so far in AEW. I mean, fuck, I can't even speak correctly in NXT. So it would be nice just to see him over somewhere. <laughs> now let's talk about one of the biggest things that I saw, and that was the reason why I tried to make sure I watched AEW last week, was Shaq and Jade. Versus Cody and Red Velvet. First of all, I'm just going to say, I want Cody Rhodes' partner for any type of uh, women's match that he's going to be in a mixed match to always be Red Velvet, because then maybe we'll never have to see Brandy Rhodes (laughs) in the fucking ring again. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But I was very happy with how this match went down. Not going to lie. You know, it's Shaq. Like, I didn't (laughs) expect much from Shaq being there. But Shaq went off like, you know, he he did the, uh, you know, he told the crowd to sh- and slapped the shit out of Cody's chest. That was pretty fucking loud. On top of that, you know, him taking that big ass bump from Cody outside onto the ring. Impressive and great memes. Along with that, his tribute to Brody Lee on the power bomb. Dude, I didn't even know he... Like, I, I can't tell if that was just something he thought of or if, like, people in the back were like, yo, do this and you get a nice pop. Like, I love that moment. And overall, Shaq, first match in AEW, pretty successful for what it was. Where you not? I wasn't going to think it was going to be the fucking match of the night or anything like that. You know, it wasn't going to be a technically sound match, but it was good for what it was. And, you know, not only... Red Velvet, she's pretty impressive. Jade, that was her first match, and Jade's not a wrestler by trade. Um, she did pretty well too, and I liked her stuff. Jade could definitely be a future champ over there because she's fucking built. And you know, Cody, Cody did his thing. 
just Cody being Cody. <laughs> I was very shocked of all of this. How did you feel doing during this? I wish I wish honestly wish that match was on uh Revolution cause that, that match was, that was that was a really good match. That was a perfect way to start the show off. I kinda of wish it was a main event. Uh but that was, that was a crazy like the, the Shaq table spot. Oh my god, those tables freaking exploded. That was just I, I didn't think he would straight up take <laughs> a whole table table spot at his age, being a non wrestler. That was that was uh caught me by surprise and excuse me, Jade is she's yeah, she looks like she looks like a, a like a black china or something. Like she looks crazy. She's in the ring. Pretty good. I was I was impressed for her for that being her first match. Um, and I thought I thought she did well. You know, Cody, like you said, Cody's Cody. Cody's not gonna mess up a match. Cody's gonna do what he gotta do, make himself look good, <laughs> make others look good too. So no shocker there. But Shaq was definitely the definitely the highlight that I did not expect him to be. And I'm so happy that Jade got the pin too. Oh hell yeah! And like you are like that was the one thing like I popped hard for. Like that was like a full on like explosion what that table fucking did like i was you know most tables they just fucking crack no that one disintegrated it was crazy and on top of that i love that jade's finisher was the glam slam i'm like yep that's perfect for like uh, a wrestler built her like like her he could do the glam slam that was like a really fucking good move that beth phoenix did because when you think about it it's just like you literally like grab them up in the air and just slam them on their fucking face like it kind of makes me think of like face busters, but the cool way to do a face buster because you know all the divas. Like I remember, especially like in SmackDown versus Raw, you grab any random diva and they were doing a damn face buster as their finisher. And um, this was perfect to see her do this, and I'm excited to see what else Jade has and Red Velvet. Like this did a really good job at what they had here. Um, I will say the most interesting part of this was they put Shaq on the damn stretcher. After Shaq basically pretended to be fucking dead, which was like where the memes are coming out of. And then so they put him in the fucking stretcher. They put him in the ambulance. They cut to commercial. They come back. And Tony Schiavone, he's like, all right, like, you know, I got to see. I got to see how he's doing. I got to ask him. And then he opens up the damn ambulance and Shaq's gone. (laughs) Shaq disappeared. And it is kind of fucked up that um, they did end up like, you know, when they pulled Shaq out of the ambulance, like fans could see him run out of it. I don't know if you saw the clip, him. but yeah, it's like literally like they just had him come out from where he came in and they just ran to the back. So clearly like anyone who was there knows what fucking happened. Yeah. You know, it's wrestling like, you know, but that was a keeping the kayfabe together. Um, but Shaq fucking disappeared. I don't know what that's supposed to amount to at all. You know, I thought they were going to possibly mention it later in the night or at Revolution, but none of that was a thing. And I don't know if this will ever, like, lead to Shaq versus Big Show, as they always wanted to do at one point. Uh, but uh, Shaq is magical. <laughs> at first I thought, like, Big Show kidnapped him or something. <laughs> I don't know why. That would have been, <laughs> been fucking dope. I mean, just two big men doing big man things, but uh, that was not in the conversation at all, and it never really got addressed. And maybe we'll hear about it tonight. I mean, well, tonight. Yeah, tonight for the people listening on Wednesday, but I'm interested. Nonetheless, you know, Shaq being involved was very, with Cody, nonetheless, was very random, honestly. So just to see that Shaq might be coming back for something else at some point, that would be cool. You know, I'm down with it. And that's Shaq. So that's the only real thing I want to talk about 
from the Crossroads show, you know. Besides that, I will say they didn't build anything for the World Heavyweight title on that night, I'm pretty sure. I don't recall Kenny Omega or, like, John Moxley having anything important. I think maybe John Moxley maybe had cut a promo, but besides that, like, you would think they would end the show with, like, John Moxley or Kenny Omega to build up shit for next week. But they did not. So that was just boring. But let's talk about AEW Revolution. Before we get into each match and stuff like that, overall, how do you feel about the pay-per-view? Minus, like, the ending, you know. If you don't incorporate the ending into it, how do you feel about the whole pay-per-view? All right, so not a, pretending like that never existed because that's what the AEW should do. Um, I thought the pay per view was honestly, I I, didn't, I thought it was a very uh, mid tire pay per view. Like it wasn't all out bad, but it was like mid tier, mid tier, yeah, mid tire, <laughs> mid tire. Uh, it, it wasn't all out. I wasn't disappointed. Like I wasn't disappointed in all out, but I would, I could easily say this was their second worst pay per view. Um, there's just some small things, not even small things. This is some parts that I was just like, "This is boring." <laughs> like, I was, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself entertained throughout the night. I think that was, the, I think that was my problem there. You know what? I can't front. I feel the same way, especially because, you know, I was already tired. I uh, had a weekend where I was with my friends, so that was fun. Uh-huh. You're my friend, but my other friends. <laughs> um, so I had a weekend where I got to spend with them, and you know, COVID free, of course. We all took our tests and whatnot, and made sure we got negatives before we hung out. But by the time I got back home, I was pretty fucking tired just from the weekend, yeah. and I was pretty hyped in general for Revolution. But as it went on, I was getting tired, and I fell asleep through through some of the matches. Not gonna <laughs> lie, and I honestly forgot that sometimes the pay-per-views are, are long and it wasn't until you know i'm i'm pretty sure i was eating dinner for the first match and that's uh you know it was mjf and young bucks uh well mjf and chris jericho versus the young bucks and before the you know obviously the match goes on they're going to show you the breakdown of the card and jesus christ i was <laughs> like whoa this card is huge I forgot all about it. And, like, there were some matches I totally forgot were a thing. Like, honestly, the fact that they put the Kip Sabian-Rusev match that I totally did not watch because I was asleep during. I was uh, I was in this zone where it's like, whoa, this pay-per-view is a little bit too long for my liking. Especially as this is an overarching theme. Maybe it'll become merch one day when we get big enough for merch. But there's too much goddamn wrestling in a given fucking week. And then you're going to add th- more than three hours because this show, the show didn't really end until 1140. I'm pretty sure. Because I remember on, you know, East Coast time, it started at eight and then technically it started at seven when you count the buy in. So then it's like almost it's past 1130 and they're still in the main event. I was like, whoa, we've been here for so long. So, yeah, I, that is my way to describe it. Well, I say, you know, the matches that mattered the most definitely held up on their side of making the pay-per-view, I guess you could say good. But at the same time, everything else in between is what really, like, brought this pay-per-view down for me and, like, just made me feel like, oh, this has been so fucking long. But we could get into it. Uh, the first match of the night was MJF, Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks. I will say that was a pretty decent match. You know, it, was, it did the job. 
And, you know, I, I figured while watching this, you know, as things were progressing, the Young Bucks were totally going to go out with the win. And I was pretty satisfied with this match. The Young Bucks doing Young Bucks stuff. It wasn't a crazy-ass match as, like, it could be. But at the same time, it delivered on areas that it could. Chris Jericho looked good. MJF looked good. I'm going to just say it was pretty decent for what it was. Yeah, yeah I actually like this match. And I, I was I was honestly heading into, heading into this match being ready to just not like it. Because, uh, you know, sometimes Bucks matches can get a little bit too long. Or like that Japan like, stuff, you know? Yeah. Or like spot heavy. And then, but this match was actually, I was entertained. I think most of it was because maybe, I think this is just a better matchup. Like, the Yumba versus, versus FTO is not, in my opinion, was not a good matchup. But this, I feel like it worked a little bit better. Um, It had a better a better um story, I, story heading into it. I, I do wish, you know, PNP had this pay-per-view <laughs> tile spot. Um, title match instead of the you know the, the dynamite match they had, but outside of that, I I, en- I enjoyed it. You know, it was a good wrestling wrestling match. MGF was great, and I think that's one, also one of the reasons why I enjoyed it because of MGF. And I'm happy that there was no um, outside interference. It was just a clean a clean finish. Yeah, they did a good job at that because that was I would say that would definitely put a damper on the on the match if there was like the traditional you know, heel stable getting in the way and ruining it. And you know what? I'm happy that wasn't a part of it. Cause it was just this played a flat out tag team match and it did its job. Um, young bucks, just doing young bucks things. I'm, I'm trying to think who are they going to lose this title to at some point? And then the answer, uh, I guess could possibly be, I mean, it would be cool. Cause they are believable that they could really beat them. I mean, so far everyone that they've wrestled, it was believable that they could beat them. Like obviously, I could clearly easily see MJF and Chris Jericho winning it because they are the best in the company. Like when you think of like top people that they got here and, you know, I thought they were going to lose to PMP and would have made honestly a more of an interesting story. If it was the inner circle really going against the inner circle and then we'll actually see them fall apart. But uh, we are going to know the next contenders for the, uh, the tag team titles happened in the next match. So they did the Casino Battle Royal. I wasn't really paying too much attention to this, especially because I'm like, wait a second, like a couple of weeks ago, we did get a, basically the same type of match. You know, mind you, was everyone was already in the ring. This time now it was like Rumble-esque. You know, they come out every minute and 30 seconds. So uh, that is the only real difference in this type of match and in the Battle Royal that they had a couple of weeks ago that MJF and Chris Jericho won. But with the winners being... Pack and Ray Phoenix. I I like that. I can see this match being fucking dope. Because you know what? The Young Bucks can do their spot monkey shit that they do. Mm. And look of who look who they're gonna go against. Other fucking spot monkeys. Because Neville, Pac, he's a spot monkey. Ray Phoenix is a goddamn monkey if you look at him. <laughs> like this all they do is fucking hop around, jump, and do twists and shit like it will be one of those matches where you're like, Jesus Christ, have they even put like on a wrist lock or some shit? But I'll be pretty, I, I'm pretty sure I'll be entertained watching this. This is like, this will match will be something that they would have pulled out in like a PWG type, uh, type of uh, thing. So to see them come together, I'll be interested to see where this goes. What about you? How do you feel? You know, Casino Battle Royal and then, you know, who are the winners and what do you think is going to happen? Or like, how, how do you feel about it, I should say? 
Yeah, I thought the Sinbad Royal was okay. Um, it didn't really wasn't interesting up until like the ending. Uh, when I honestly thought Jungle Boy was gonna win. Like I thought he was gonna pull it off by himself. I thought that would have been a pretty dope victory. But yeah, Death Triangle to me that was like the ideal the ideal way to go because Ray Phoenix and, and and Pac is just like I feel that's the next big tag team that they could use and be like champions next because. Uh, I love Ray. Ray. I think Ray. I think I came to the conclusion that Ray Phoenix is my favorite wrestler um, in AEW right now. So, you know, get that man some some type of gold. And if it's if it's with Pac, hey, I'm I'm down with that. You know, uh, I think he, I think, yeah, I think this is gonna be crazy, man. I think it's gonna be probably up to like Bucks versus Kenny and and Page levels of of greatness. Hopefully, yeah. And you know what? It would be cool if they could even possibly make it like a ladder match. Because think about that one match that the Young Bucks had against um, uh, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon. That was fucking fire. People, like, you can't forget about how fire that match was. That was the best tag team match AEW did until Kenny Omega and Hangman faced the Young Bucks. So, to see this go down, this would be dope. I mean, I'm just really excited to see where we're going to get out of this. Pretty sure on AEW we're going to get Matt Jackson versus uh, Ray Phoenix, which I'm excited to see that go down just because Ray Phoenix is pretty fire. He's like, he could do so much. And it'll be interesting to see what they're going to pull out with this. Next match, Hikaru Shida. And, ooh, I'm, I'm trying to re, uh, re, Ro? I can't pronounce her god dang name. <laughs> uh, re, I, I can't either. <laughs> Royu Mizumi? Fuck, I sound like such an idiot. But I, I feel pretty bad because this is a match I actually have to go back and watch because I fell asleep through this match too. Like, it was uh, it was that point where it's like, I know, like, and I specifically for me, I'm someone that talks shit about AEW and how they treat their women's revolution, so I need to go watch the damn last match of this, like, you know, <laughs> that encompasses the entire tournament they just did for this women's division. But from what I heard, they went off. I heard they were kicking the shit out of each other. I mean, think about it. After we found out that um, um, Rio, her name's not Rio, Ryu, 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 either which way. Like once she won last week, uh, last on the crossroads against uh, who she beat again, Nyla Rose. There you go. Uh, she was fucking bashing the hell out of each other. Her and uh. Uh, Hikaru Shida. So to see that, and then I did see like the first few minutes of the match. I will say I, I, before I passed out because I remember they were fucking already clubbing each other at the beginning, like they just did at the conclusion when they found out who they that they were going to be going against each other. Uh, but that's all I can really say. But I heard really good fucking match, and I'm gonna have to re. I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, it was, it was a good match. Like, and those it's hard hitting and. I know some people didn't like it uh, in my Discord because it, people are not used to the, the Joshi style of wrestling, and I'm not either. But I thought the match was still entertaining. Like, I thought it was good, and you know, I, I thought I thought it was a good women's match. And I announced this like I will announce AEW whenever they do something good in the women's division. I'll say good job because all the women, all the women matches they put on during Revolution and even in the buy-in and this were good and entertaining. And I think that's all they need to do, just give entertaining matches and just, like, let them go off and let them do what they got to do. And that's what they did here, and, and it, it worked for me. Damn, so you mean to tell me the people on the in the biggest wrestling server on Discord did not really care for this match? 
in 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 the service defense, we had a lot of new members who just like who seemed very. I had to I had to say it this way, but honestly, they seem very white. <laughs> seem like very <laughs> close minded and only and only care about what goes on in their world. So yeah, yeah. Some I feel like you know I barely interacted within this server that much, but I feel like a lot of these people like are WWE people, some AEW people, and I don't know if they watch any other type of wrestling. I don't. I haven't gotten that urge to try and see the rest of how this community is. But I don't know. It's very interesting. <laughs> they the, the 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 normal members who like people who are like, always there and recurring people who've been there for a long time watch like most of them probably watch New Japan, AEW, like some type of indie. Uh, most of like the random people that are just weird watch WWE, <laughs> and then the rest, of it, yeah, yeah, that's the problem with the wrestling world. <laughs> some of the worst, some of the, the the most toxic population of a community definitely <laughs> comes out of wrestling. You know, uh, anywho. Uh, I I feel bad. I have to watch this match, and I will learn how to pronounce this woman's name by the <laughs> next episode. Um, then this match I totally didn't give a shit for, and it, I, I feel bad because it's with people I actually like. Because I do like Myro, I do like Kip Sabian, I do like Chuck Taylor, and I do like Orange Cassidy. But I did not give a shit that this was a match. And I know I slept through this. I know I didn't watch a single thing that occurred in this match. I feel bad for all of them collectively, but I didn't give a shit about watching it. And I don't have anything to say besides that. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is one match. When it, when it started, I slept away, honestly, in the beginning. But I was just like, this is a match that they could just drop in the pit view. I wouldn't even have noticed and I wouldn't have cared if, it just, if they dropped it. Uh... Or they could just done the backstage, the backstage attack, and just call it the night, and just like not continue it. Honestly. They could have literally just did this on the fucking buy-in. <laughs> that too. They could have done this on the fucking buy-in because on the buy-in, what they did do, they did Britt Baker, who honestly deserves to be on the main card, and they did uh, Maki Ito versus Rio and uh, Thunder Rosa, which I feel like that match would have been more entertaining to watch <laughs> than this. And also, you know what, AEW, why not try and put two women's match on the fucking card, you cowards? Too risky. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like, these guys, great overall. I did see, I think it looked like Miro was kind of tight at uh, Kip Sabian, possibly. Was that a thing? Is Miro going to finally go on his own, it looks like? I, I hope so. <laughs> this guy is being, I don't see, I think he's being held back by this whole best man gamer no let's make this do a beast all i want to see is a beast that's it i want to see him wreck people up like you know it's kind of it's, it's messed up because with kenny being the champ i don't think we'll get like miro at this point to go towards that title because it's just uh at this point kenny omega's a heel Miro's also a heel he needs to be going against like baby faces that he could destroy so it'll be interesting to see what they can move on forward with him and, you know, TNT title actually could be something he could go towards. Darby Allen's the champ. I know Scorpio Sky is about to do it, so then maybe they could do a Scorpio Sky uh, Myro thing. Uh, but we'll we'll get into that when we're getting there. Uh, Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy. Uh, I forgot this happened. <laughs> I, I, this is, unfortunately, another one that I was just kind of like, I was wishy-washy about, like, you know, I love Hangman. He's someone who I want to see become world champ at some point, have a great fucking time in AEW. He's been doing 
he's been being amazing ever since, honestly, AEW was started. But, uh, you know, leading up to this, I was more excited. I just fell asleep. You know, I, that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, and I didn't expect much really out of this match to begin with. I think Matt Hardy is past the point where he's putting on absolute bangers. And the only thing I'd be really interested to see him in is more like, you know, cinematic matches. Like the one he had uh, against Sammy Guevara. I was totally down for something like that. Uh, this regular money match with Adam, uh, with Hangman, like it wasn't that important to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This match, it, it was just there. <laughs> I didn't really care for it either. Um, I honestly, if Matt had won that match, I probably would just turn the pay of view and not watch the rest of it because that would just been a big mistake. Um, no, you wouldn't. You're fucking liar. You yeah, totally would have watched. I would have watched the rest, the rest but it's, it's like. Matt doesn't. Matt does not need. I'm sorry, he does not need to be in high profile matches on a, on a pay per view. Even though just to build build up, uh, Page and like the Dark Order stuff, it just wasn't. I don't know. I feel like could find someone else for Page to fight. No, it just didn't feel. And even the stakes, like you get the first quarter. I don't care. It's not real. It's not a title. I don't care about first quarter earnings. It's just one of those like weird gimmick matches that. You'll see in like, I don't know, the F or something. You know what? I will dis- dispute you on this. This wasn't a high profile match. <laughs> it really wasn't. <laughs> you can't call because that I. This is what I kind of like. You know, give credit to AEW when we did our wrestling error debate last uh, last week against TNA. Go check it out, people. Um, you know, I like that they have like someone like Matt Hardy because he's from WWE. Obviously, he's a recognizable face. But it's not like they're throwing him in the world title picture right now. They're not throwing him at any titles. So when you bring someone from a company like that, and, you know, people will be quick to judge, especially the WWE fanboys and fangirls that don't give AEW a try. They're like, oh, they just pick up old old WWE wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, at least if they're going to pick them up, they're not just straight up throwing them, especially the older ones. They're not straight yeah. up throwing them towards the gold you know i will say when you have chris jericho you do throw him towards the goals because that's chris jericho that's different matt hardy is matt hardy he (laughs) he doesn't need to be towards any of the gold and at the very least he can be towards the tag team titles if you want because at least that means like it's not your whole your whole main title you know so i will dispute that because i don't think this is high profile (laughs) this was just finding something to do in b- before you find something real to do with hangman like this wasn't uh like this was just it, it was there another reason kind of why this paper you just went so fucking long cuz they've had all these stories going on and now they're like you know finally putting them down and like kind of getting to a close i hope this means we don't need to see more of hangman and this whole feud with matt hardy cuz i would be it would be nice to see where hangman could go next cuz it looks like uh, we'll talk about this later, obviously. But John Moxley, I know he's supposed to be going out for a bit. Especially, he's probably going to want to leave for uh, maternity leave for his wife. But maybe we could throw back the whole Adam Page and Kenny Omega feud. Uh, I think that's what I think. Well, yeah, I, I definitely focus on high profile. But yeah, I think that's that's where this hangman is going to end up somewhere. Sometime probably late twenty twenty one, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, I, I'm. Uh, it would be cool to see what's going to happen with this Kenny Omega belt, uh, but we'll get there in a sec. Uh, the next match, Face of the Revolution ladder match. 
I definitely made sure I was going to stay awake for that. Because if I could say there was any matches I really cared about on this card, it was going to be this match. It was going to be the tag team titles. And it was going to be um, Chris Jer- I mean, the main match, death match. But also it was a sting match as well, too. Those were the only things that I really cared about the most. Um, but face of the revolution, obviously there's one competitor left to be announced. And I already had a feeling who it was. And I was right. Ethan Page, all ego Ethan Page was one of my favorite wrestlers coming out of Impact when I started giving it a try, but not also that, just during this pandemic, I was able to find him on GCW and other promotions, and he's fucking money, the dude's cool, he can wrestle, he lost a lot of weight and got into incredibly good shape, and he brought the fucking stuff at this match. And on top of that, he does a fucking Razor's Edge. I don't I didn't know he was doing the Razor's Edge. I don't think I ever saw him do the Razor's Edge, but he's doing the Razor's Edge, and I missed that move. The Celtic Cross, whatever you want to fucking call it. All I know is he did that to, I believe, Scorpio Sky, possibly, on the damn ladder or somebody. And that shit was crazy. Ethan Page being there, that was dope. Overall, this match, it was pretty it was okay. You know, there was moments where you could tell it was literally like you know, guys just waiting to do their spot. And it was kind of like, you know, that's when you got to take away from like the match. But um, I was a little confused. Like was Cody like actually fucking hurt, but then he came back like that one threw me off, especially with how long they were like, you know, the camera could actually <laughs> see Cody and Arn and them in the background trying to see what's going on. Uh, I was thrown off by that, but I will say I am thrilled to see Scorpio sky win this this was also this whole idea of this fucking thing this match is literally a shot at vince mcmahon and the wwe with their whole brass ring fucking thing going on they're like oh you gotta go for the brass ring blah 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 bullshit um for what this match was it gave me two great things scorpio sky having a possibility to go for the tnt title and actually be relevant again or relevant for the first time ever since like that whole tag team thing was going on um and then we got to see Ethan Page. Yeah, this match. Yeah, this match was honestly. I thought it was okay. I thought it was fairly boring for for a ladder match. I said it was fairly boring. It's kind of interesting because, kind of like, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a bad ladder match since. Well, there's been there's been some bad ladder matches. Like WrestleMania 35 ladder match wasn't that great either. But this one, yeah, this was this, this wasn't that entertaining for me. Uh, Ethan Page was a cool a cool debut. Um, so that was, that was dope, but Cody, almost like Cody and Arn, just I think I was distracted most of the time by just watching them in the tunnel, just in the stand there and look stupid because like all right, we know he's gonna come back in the match and kind of be like the savior and pretend to win, and so it's kind of obvious with those leaning towards that, but it was just weird, <laughs> just a weird. Uh, I think he's really hurt. I think he does have a, a hurt shoulder or something like that. So I think maybe it's, it was maybe just to play it safe for him and not like him not getting hurt a little bit more. But it was just like a weird, uh, a weird, a weird, a weird decision, booking decision. I would say, um, I, I'm, I don't think who won this match. You know, Scorpio, Scorpio Sky is cool. Uh, I think he deserves it. And he's someone who's been working really hard. So why not? Also, I'd love to see Penta, Penta win. But one person that I actually thought was going with was Nance Archer, and I'm kind of disappointed that he didn't because. I feel like every time they build him up to be like a monster before a big match, he always loses, and it's kind of like I don't know. I feel like his direction is a bit lost. Yeah, no, I I would agree. He he should be like fucking dominating, and 
And that's the, you know, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's hard to try and pinpoint to why this is happening. Cause this happened to him. And also this happened to Brody Lee too, before he won the TNT title, Brody Lee was fucking looking fucking dominant in a lot of things. And like, really never mounted enough until he got the TNT title. But I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what is what is it that the AEW is missing because they have a lot of really good talent on the show. It's just there's not enough time for all of them. So does that mean an extra hour or an extra show? I know they're going to have, obviously, like AEW Dark uh, Evolution, uh, Elevation, but that's not going to be – I don't think that's going to be geared towards, like, the main roster type of people. And it kind of wish, like, you know, if they're going to have AEW Dark, I kind of wish there were storylines where you need to watch Dark, you know, because you could make YouTube wrestling an actual thing when you think about it. Because there is – because of them, you know, beforehand there was always tons of free matches you could watch on YouTube. But because of them, they 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 make it known that they will have consistent shows on YouTube, and I kind of wish Dark was something. It's like, hey, if you're not watching Dark, you're gonna be kind of left in the in in, in the dark for Dynamite, you know. And like, it that would be the best way I feel to hopefully like then give more of these guys some opportunities. And you know, I would watch Dark if it meant something. If it literally just wasn't. Because every time I see Dark, like, they put the results on the fucking bottom of the screen sometimes. It's like, oh, guy who's actually on the show versus some random guy? I know who wins that one, you know? So, I know they, you know, they use it for, um, you know, developing these guys. But maybe this would be, I don't know, hopefully with the added elevation show, especially if you're going to put the big show on commentary, Hopefully this means this could do something for them, you know, because it was last year, 2020, when apparently the rumor was they were going to get another show. And then the conversations went to, oh, they're going to get a one hour edition, but it's not going to be on like Wednesdays. It's not even going to be on TNT. It's going to be on TBS. So it's just they're missing something to help build up these guys more, maybe give them just more opportunity. You know, maybe it's. Because they have a mid-card belt, they have their main belt, they have their tag team titles. Maybe they need a second mid-card belt. I don't fucking know. They need something just to use some of these guys so they don't kind of just be there. And, and I don't know. like Because Impact, they did a good job for a while at like recycling through some guys here and there. But even then, look at Impact now. So, <laughs> I don't know. But Scorpio Sky, that's cool. Will he beat Darby Allin? I don't know. The only way I could see him beating Darby Allen is if Team Taz wants to have something to do with it, and that storyline's not really over yet. Yeah, yeah. I I, I hope the storyline's over. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what my thought was after the street fights, hopefully. All right, we'll get to that in a second now. But, so the next thing after that, obviously, so Big Show, he came out. Uh, dude, we didn't really mention this. I want to kind of incorporate it into this conversation. So Big Show came out on Dynamite. I did like it. You know, Paul White, and I like his shirt, says no more BS. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, And he looked fucking good. He was tall. He was smiley. He was thinner. And he was like, dude, I got this big fucking announcement coming out. Hall of Fame signee coming out uh, on Revol- on Revolution. I'm like, okay. That's when the rumor mill was fucking going crazy. You know, for a hot minute, 
I honestly thought Brock Lesnar was an actual option because his shit is not on the WWE shop anymore. You can't find it anywhere. You put it in WWE shop. You put his name. No results found. I did, however, see today that apparently WWE added him back onto the current, uh, you know, alum like current roster on their like on their website. I don't know. That is interesting. Uh, there was a possibility that it could be Kurt Angle. You know, Kurt Angle came out with that fucking video where it said to be continued. I can't tell if he literally was trying to troll us, troll us or if he is coming back at some point. Apparently, I saw this thing where WWE offered him three jobs and he turned them down. So, yeah, they, apparently they offered him a coach in NXT. They offered to manage. They offered him the job to manage Matt Riddle. And then they offered him the, you know, the Legends contract, and he took none of that. So Kurt Angle's up for up for grabs, and you know, it would be dope for AEW, but at the same time, I feel like that's he would be good if you put him back in Impact. Mm. Put him to Impact. Impact loves, you know, from their beginning of their time to even now, they love to use their old fucking wrestlers. Look at Ken Shamrock. You know, he was having a hell of a time in Impact over the last year. If you put Kurt Angle on impact there's a bigger chance i'd honestly watch impact again because kurt angle just being involved i think he could still kind of go you know as long as he's not in pain and doesn't need to perk it up it would be a good addition i wouldn't want him to see an AEW because that's a guy i kind of would then see them trying to give him the gold or something like that and i don't want to see him doing that unless he's putting someone over so and then there was a rumor i saw people said christian that one, I was like, huh, Christian, huh? I, don't, I, I feel like that won't happen. And in my eyes, I'm thinking the reason part of I'm thinking this is Edge is going to be going against Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is going to have to kill Christian before WrestleMania to make this storyline even more important. And then, holy shit, Christian is the guy that fucking comes out. <laughs> and I wasn't really that disappointed. I was like, you know what? Good for Christian. You know, Christian said he could go. He was been down. And you know what? I could see him being here, and honestly, if he, I don't know if they would give him the belt, but I could then see him kind of fitting into a Kurt Angle view where he's like putting on some pretty nice matches and helping put over young talent. And I don't know yet how I would feel if he did win the belt, but at this point right now, I would like him to put over people and just like, you know, have some interesting matches. And I, I feel like a lot of WWE people only know Christian for his WWE run. But a lot of real wrestling fans need to remember, like, and, and who know who Christian is. Christian Cage, that dude dominated in TNA. He TNA made him an actual star. Like he was like hot shit in the WWE for a while, but he they never until he came back. They never even decided to want to put him towards the world title. And they did that in TNA, and they made him interesting. They made him really fucking interesting, just being a character himself. And I, 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 I'm pretty excited to see, you know, it's not what I expected. Not at all, honestly, but I, I could live with it. <clears throat> funny, funny, funny enough. Christian was my first guess only because I, you know, a big show left that he, he was just on raw, his contract apparently expired. So that hey, maybe Christian contract expired. Maybe it was like a, a legend, legendary spot saying that, but I was like, nah, it's not, it's not him. And I honestly think, I, has, I for a second, I was like, maybe it is Brock Lesnar, because I feel like all the signs kind of pointing towards him. Um, but, <clears throat> oh gosh. But, uh, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disappointed with Christian. I'm happy he had his TNA theme song. That was a shocker. I didn't expect him to have like a remix version of that, and I love that song a lot. So that that was pretty. That cool. was the same song he debuted with in TNA. Actually, that's see that that's. I'm happy they managed to to uh, get. It's that. this working relationship. They definitely were able to be like, hey, you know, we'll get him. <laughs> you yeah. know, this shit got stings. This shit got stings. Sting song too. What they added. I like. I like this impact song. I- I did like his impact song. I kind of wish they could too, but they they might be a little bit salty about that. Not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, so I, I'm excited for Christian. I think honestly, I would love to see him win the AEW title. Like maybe not this year because you know Kenny's doing his thing. But like I don't know, maybe next year. Like or two. I don't know. He has, he has a multi year deal. He has time, but I think it'll be dope to see him have a good little reign. Um, I don't know. It'll be fun. You know, we never really. Because outside of, like his impact run, Tina run, and like the two world ties he had in WWE, you never really see like a really strong run for him outside of TNA. So it'll be dope. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Christian. I'm happy for him. He's, he seems he seems happy. So you know, hey, let's put some good matches on. Let's see if he can truly outwork everyone. Because I don't think that's a true story, true anymore. Maybe like ten years ago, but we'll see. Yeah. You know, it's uh, WWE dropped the ball. They really did, because they could have had something dope bringing him back, because you got Edge now, obviously, and you got Christian. That could have been cool. I would have been happy if they won the fucking tag team titles over there or some shit. And, you know, it is kind of sad when you think about it a little bit that he did end up becoming the guy who came out, because now we won't see Edge and Christian one more time. Yeah. <laughs> like, now you could cross that out your fucking list. But um, I will say that does provide a little bit of like oh man but i do i will say i would have fucking jumped for joy if it was brock lesnar not gonna lie because i love brock lesnar he i his you know a lot of people did not like brock lesnar when he came back for whatever reason and i I, that's their own faults they gotta appreciate the fact you know while he was a part-timer sure did he take away the title for a bit sure but it's not like probably Brock Lesnar was demanding this shit. WWE was giving <laughs> it to him. If you want to be mad at anyone, be mad at the WWE, not Brock Lesnar. Because I don't think he picked this. He was like, I would, if I was Brock Lesnar, I'd take the same fucking deal as he there giving him. You know? Right. Oh, you're going to give me the title and I don't really have to defend it or be on Raw for most of it. And I come back whenever the fuck I want. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but holy shit, how big would it have been if they hadn't? You know, I feel like it's a big deal that they got Christian, especially with the timing, because Edge is with WWE right now. But if they would have had Brock Lesnar, that would have been crazy just to hear that guy come out into the fucking stage. Like, you know, that's like a big ass moment. That is the I feel like that is just a little, little, little bit below if CM Punk were the guy that could have came out. Obviously, CM Punk did announce, like, no, it's not me, you fucking idiots. But if CM Punk were the person, I'd put the Brock Lesnar thing just a slightly below it, because obviously CM Punk wrestling in general would be crazy, but Brock Lesnar leaving WWE, going over there, that would just be crazy. But Christian, nonetheless, I'm happy to see where this goes down, and I'm happy to follow this. He looks good. He looks ready. I'm excited. Then, so we get Sting, Darby Allen versus Team Taz. And I'm just going to say this before it happened. Are you not a fan of this feud? Do you not like this one? When, when I mentioned, you know what, it would be interesting to see the storyline continue. It seems like you don't give a shit about it. Uh, you know, I'm not ready to move on. I feel like Darby been just just like tied up with this. 
He's not not defending his title first of all. <laughs> this dude's champion for and then that is pretty like, true. Yeah, <laughs> he had like two defenses and like come on man, Cody defending every single week. <laughs> so it's time it's time to move on and just like let him let him do. I don't know. I, I think it's really. I just like a fresh fresh start for for him and and then like Brand Cage and Ricky start. Just move on to like something else. I feel like has been stuck in this ride for like too long. I have a short attention span too, so it's probably that. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. That's kind of fair. Not gonna lie, it has been. It has been a while because I'm thinking about it. Like I feel like Taz has had a problem with Darby Allen since like the summer, honestly. <laughs> but um, I, I'm very I, this match itself. Let's we don't need to talk about the whole like storyline and it continuing, but let's talk about the match itself. Really good in my eyes. Not gonna lie, one of the best cinematic matches since the Boneyard match. Like this one. Offered not only like cinema shit, but it was pretty good wrestling, like just the wrestling stuff to it. You know, seeing Darby Allen do Darby Allen shit, getting tossed through doors, getting the glass fucking window dropping on him, and like Brian Cage looking like a fucking huge ass dude. And you know, everyone looked good. The only thing I, you know what, I didn't give a shit about, I don't give a shit about Hook. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Hook. Taz <laughs> loves him, obviously, that's his damn son. But to see Hook come out, I don't care about Hook one bit. Yeah, yeah. him, him, him. Yeah, he's kind of random. Will Hobbs is okay though. I, I was fine with him being the match. Um, I like they gave him a fucking orange, like fucking ski mask, <laughs> yeah. and like, and I, I don't remember if they were trying to play it off. Oh, I wonder who that is. You fucking know who it is. It's, look at this guy. <laughs> the big black guy in the orange ski mask. It's kind of obvious. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's Bobby Lashley, duh. <laughs> like Bobby Lashley, the WWE champs coming out here. The match itself, though, like, yeah, I thought that was like the 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 cinematic, like the actual like film talk, film talk, uh, filming, whatever that word is, <laughs> uh, was cinematography. Really, <laughs> cinematography was really really good. Like that was like the best I've seen from like a, a, a what you call it. A uh, cinematic match so that was pretty dope. The one issue I have the match like that um that could have killed it for me <laughs> was the commentary. I don't understand why AW feels the need to always have commentary during the cinematic matches, especially especially one like this where it's like a movie and it just felt it was just made me feel like I don't know I don't want to hear Jr. talk <laughs> during during this. I want to watch the fight and like watch it go down. You know I don't, I don't I didn't need commentary in it. I think they had just got rid of the commentary or just like. Do me a favor and upload a version of it on YouTube without the commentary. You know, me and Tony Khan would be friends. But uh, besides that, ignoring that part, it was it was a really good match. <laughs> that is true. Like, and uh, I won't. Jr. sounded like he was dying <laughs> yeah, throughout this entire this entire show. I didn't talk about that. You know, I didn't take notes on this pay per view like I should have. But yeah, Jr. was fucking suffering. You know, <laughs> when he first came out, I'm like, yo, did I got this guy on his deathbed out of here? Does he have COVID? Like. This guy, like, his throat sore as hell, and they they have him out here, you know, doing the nice uh, nice commentary on this damn pay-per-view. Also, I have YouTube on in the background right now. I'm just scrolling through as I talk. I like to do that sometimes. There is a YouTube video called Rest in Peace to WWE Leg Slaps 1990 to 2021, <laughs> and I'm seeing it's more than just super kicks. So, okay, there you go. All right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I give you that. That uh, the commentary over the cinematic match kind of takes you away from it, especially because like 
I don't know, the combination of Excalibur, Taz, Tony <laughs> Schiavone, JR. It was too much of one, one match. Honestly, I would have only liked it if it was just uh, like it was just like Taz. <laughs> Cause yeah. Taz he Taz would have been great to have in the match or something. So putting him on commentary is like it makes sense, but it kind of did take away a little bit from it. I will give you that. But Sting did his thing. You know, Sting was taking some shit. I was very impressed with the amount that Sting took. Mind you, cinematography and a cinematic match, so they could probably mess around with the film or, you know, fix things so, like, it looks a lot better. But from what we got, this is great. And it just and it just proves one fucking thing. WWE could have been doing this the entire fucking time. If Sting comes out of this and there is no problems with his health or anything at all, this just shows another way WWE can tro- has dropped the ball in recent years because this guy put on a great cinematic match. And this could have easily also been what people wanted because everyone wants, everyone has wanted in their life Sting versus Undertaker. Undertaker did a fucking cinematic match to end his fucking career with, quote-unquote, end his career with. I still put that in quotations. But Sting could have also done this with him. So we could have gotten the match that people wanted. And they could have made it a little hokey and funny because, think about it, it's the dead man and it's Sting. Basically almost identical in a way of how they are sometimes. But can't take away how good this fucking match really was for what it was. Ricky Stark looked good. Brian Cage looked good. They all looked good. And I'm hoping, honestly, we could... Yeah, I I do agree with you at a extent. I do like them continuing the storyline. It would be nice to see it in some shape or form. But you're right. Darby Allin should be defending that title more. (laughs) They were making it kind of seem like it would be like the TV title in a way, yet it hasn't been defended forever. Uh, Besides the Joey Janela match, okay? I take that back. So, like, two, two weeks ago. But... Um, when you add, you know, Sting, he could be doing something else, or he doesn't need to be on TV for a bit. Doesn't matter. Brian Cage is a fucking monster, and the thing is, AEW has monsters, but they don't really get used well. Yeah. And Ricky Starks, he can, he can be the next TNT championship, uh, championship holder for all I care. I kind of wish that's how they would close off this storyline. Because Ricky Starks is dope as hell. He's a guy I see easily being strong in this company for years to come. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'm trying to go at this anymore. Overall, good fucking match. <laughs> yeah, it was a good match, though. And I think, yeah, Ricky Starks is definitely a title. I know the tease like a Ricky Stark and Brian Cage, like, te- like over the title. Like, they both grabbed the title at one point. And they kind of just dropped it. <laughs> so, hopefully, yeah. They... If, if it ends that way, then sure, but I feel bad for Scorpion Sky. If it just gets a match for no reason. Yeah, I, I, I'm very interested to see, you know, what they do with this. You know, I will say, out of AEW, the biggest thing, besides what we're about to talk about now, is there is a very much question, a lot of questions on, like, where does everyone else go now, you know? Mm-hmm. Young Bucks clearly do have their, you know, few that they're going to have now with Ray Phoenix and pack but i'm excited to see not only what happens there but i I really i do want to see what's going to happen with the inner circle they're going to have their war whatever fucking meeting they're going to have another fucking town hall meeting or whatever you want to fucking call it 
So it'll be interesting to see what's happening with the Inner Circle. On top of that, you know, just TNT title, this whole storyline with, with the belt. It'll be cool to see Scorpio Sky win it, but that was interesting. Now what do you do with Sting? What do you do with Brian Cage and Ricky Stark? So there's a lot of like options you could go with. And then now the main event is Brian Cage. I mean, I can't speak sometimes. So the main event is John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in a exploding barbed wire match. Props to John Moxley coming out with the leather jacket. Shout out to Onita. If you don't know Onita, he is kind of like one of the craziest deathmatch people ever. But let's get to this 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 match. Uh, you know what? A lot of this similar to in a way of the um, wave WandaVision ended. I will say I'm not going to talk <laughs> about it because I don't know if you even watch it or care. But the way that show ended, like some people were kind of. Uh, up in the air about what happened because they were expecting one thing, got something else. And kind of similar to this match. People were expecting one thing and clearly got something else. Um, I kind of put a little bit on fan expectation because we have seen, you know, if a fan ed- got educated before watching this match and seeing what exploding death matches have been like before, then there's clearly a lot and you would expect, like, holy shit, the way... AEW is going to do it. It's going to go crazy. I will give credit to the barbed wire stuff of this match. John Moxley got his ass fucking handed to him. He was bleeding up a storm. That barbed wire was really getting into them. And then, you know, the exploding part of it was very lackluster, I guess you could put it. Especially when I was, I never really understood how the exploding part worked before. Especially because the death matches I've seen before that involve this are like kind of blurry, so you just can't tell too much. But at the same time, those are big ass explosions that they do pull off, and it does make me wonder, like, what's going on? Clearly, here with AEW, you know, the explosions, like, you could even see the little thing where the explosions must be coming out of or some shit. Like, they were like not on the ropes, but next to the ropes. Um,. So that part, you know, when they ever connected, I will say, when they were connecting on the ropes, the first one, I was like, uh. But afterwards, when they kept doing it, I was like, okay, I could get into this, I could get into this. When they did the landmine spot, that's when <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Because I, I was expecting this entire time, like, all right, all right, they're about to fucking drop to the fucking floor. Not only is it barbed wire, but it's going to fucking explode. Okay, the barbed wire stuff, great, like I said before. Because think about it, you can't take away the fact that you were landing these fuckers on barbed wire. But then, when the explosion happened, it, only, it was two of them on the side. And it was, it was just... It was, and and, and, and let's, let's talk about this stuff before we get to the damn ending of it all let's let's look at those as two different things let's look at what we got before we go in uh and i'll let you speak now see say what you got to say so far but let's leave the ending out of it oh yeah I, I we'll talk 100%. about the finish that we got we'll talk about the finish where we got i, I agree 100 like the explosions okay so if this match the match wasn't bad in any sort of the way it was a good match um it was i i personally did not think it was better than their lights out match i thought that match was way better um, but yes. for what this was worth, I thought it was a good match. Um, 
And I think it would have been even better if they just had called it a barbed wire death match and just left the exploding part out of it. I think the exploding part held back. Like, I think I feel like it held back the match, but also, like, it just kind of is perception. And, and by, by calling it exploding barbed wire, you know, even though I've never seen one before, I just suspect it. Something a little, bit, a little bit, I know it's a global, I know it's a, at the, at the end of the day, their company was trying to go global, so I wasn't expecting anything like too out of the ordinary. Um, but, the the landmine one was just like all right this is a joke <laughs> like it, that was not an explosion that was not scary that was like the rope ones were were okay at best um and the the exploding the, the exploding bar where a bat was actually a pretty nice spot uh, that was that was dope um, yeah that is true that was a pretty nice spot yeah I think if they had like done lean into that a little bit more it was a cool surprise but you know it would have been cool to see a little bit more of that but. If they just called it a, a, a regular barbed wire death match, this match would have just been better in at least my eyes, you know? Yeah, yeah, that is that is pretty true. Because that is something, like, for example, we haven't seen in a while. You know, ECW's done that. Uh, other, um, you know, like, death match promotions have done stuff like that. And, you know, when you say death match, you know, that's a big fucking word, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a type of wrestling a lot of people, like, you know, the traditional fans really can't get behind. You know, I know definitely Jim Cornette will never get fucking behind it. I got, I need to hear what he says about this stuff. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm very interested to hear what Jim Cornette has had to say. Um, but just like the best spot, yeah, I'd say the best spot was definitely that bat. That bat, the exploding bat that Kenny was working on, because I think. I'm trying to think if on the Crossroads show or was it the week before when, you know, they go to the back and Kenny's like working on something, his creation. <laughs> I guess it was also partially that. But yeah, the, these explosions like, you know, seeing, you know, I've seen clips of what these type of matches has looked before and they look brutal. You know, I will give it to them, though. They did sell pretty well. They did their part in terms of selling it well, because, you know, when they bounced off the ropes, that shit looked like it fucking hurt. And uh, I will say, I will say this is like, if uh, you could call it a continuity error. So obviously there's that one side of the ring that doesn't have the barbed wire nor the explosions. But then the rest of the ropes do. Uh, When they were going to do that whole landmine spot, they're like leaning on the barbed wire ropes that explode. And no (laughs) explosions came out of this at all. I was pretty sure the moment you fucking hit that shit, you know, things go bad. But. Nothing happened until they finally, you know, obviously did the fucking jump. So, and, you know, that I will say was uh, was uh, kind of funny to me just to see that. But overall, uh, when you look at it the way it was, was it a bad match? No, they fucking went all out. Um, I honestly thought at one point Kenny Omega might have actually gotten hurt when it came to that whole eye thing when they were rushing and bringing him water and shit like that because I do remember... I think it might have been the lights out match or something like that where Kenny like hurt his eye there. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't the light outs match. It was um it was for the world title. Kenny Omega actually got hurt with the speaker, I remember. Like he got that big ass bruise on his fucking eye. But uh, now we can talk about the last piece. <laughs> the ending. So, actually the, the we could get to the real finish then the you know what they had planned for us. So, the finish was the Good Brothers. They come out. They fuck over John Moxley. John Moxley has no friends really, so no one goes to protect him. One, two, three. Kenny Omega retains the belt as I expected because I did not expect John Moxley to come with come out with the belt. 
honestly, I don't even expect to see John Moxley maybe pop up on um, Dynamite this week because he's going to be going to maternity leave soon. They beat his ass hard enough that he could be gone for a couple of weeks. And after the match is done, you know, you know, you got, uh, I forgot the entire time Don Callis is on fucking commentary and, um, they're like, you know, they're celebrating, they won, they're beating up John Moxley a little bit more. And Don Callis is like, oh, well, you know, the time's still clicking or somebody, <laughs> either him or Excalibur. He's like, Kenny Omega didn't build a failsafe on this. So this ring is going to explode no matter what. Somebody tell these guys to get the fuck out of the ring. So then Don Callis runs, he tries to get them out. He's like, yo, we got to leave. This thing's going to explode. Bada bing, bada boom. Then out of nowhere, Eddie Kingston runs out and he's like, holy shit, I don't want my boy, you know, even though I hate him and he hates me, I don't want him to die or whatever you want to call it. He does the he does the selfless thing, you know. They're feuding, they hate each other, they're upset with each other, but he protects him and he's like, all right, I'm going to be there for him. He can't get up, but I'll protect him the best I can while this ring's about to fucking explode. <sighs> and it, it, it did. It, it exploded, apparently. It did the fucking 4th of July little <laughs> fireworks and the little fucking... Oh, my God. The little, little... I don't even know what to call it at this point now. The sparklers. <laughs> yeah basically and here they are you got them on commentary selling the <laughs> shit out of this too like holy god oh my god they are the what has happened blah 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 i will say props to eddie kingston for selling it like he was fucking dead he pretended like he was goddamn dead and here you know you got people trying to get him up like hey you know you know you say you're good you're good you know nothing happened but he's selling it even afterwards, when John Moxley, what like he spoke to the crowd that was still there, he's like, "Wow, yeah, that Kenny Omega can't. He's a tough son of a bitch, but he can't build a ring, uh, a death match for shit. You know, he can't build an explosion for shit." Getty Kingston still pretending to be dead in the background. Yet I did see him in this video laugh a little bit and then go back to pretending to being dead. Ah, uh, the fact that this is what they did. You know, I mean, I guess it makes sense a little bit when, like, you could expect something wasn't going to be as crazy when, one, this is their main spot to, you know, do any show. You know, Daily's Place is their spot. They can't really, you know, mess things up. But they could have tried to make the explosions look a lot better. They could have just tried. I don't know what was the point. I really don't, you know. I just don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. And unfortunately, I saw who somebody tweeted this. Ah, somebody tweeted this, and I and it was something like Vince McMahon said the most important thing or the thing that people remember the most is the finish, and that's the finish. And I feel like unfortunately, because of what AEW decided to do there, or literally, what if it was just a big fucking malfunction? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> but what they decide to go with is going to take away from what this match was. Unfortunately, like no one's going to talk about the match that much. People are going to talk about AEW just doing what they did. In the rough spot. Um, I, I hope for everything that this was a botch. Like I, I hope for them and for their sake it was a botch, but I don't believe it's a, I, 
I'm sorry, I don't believe it because for the for the sole fact that Tony Khan really went really like after the post show whatever he does, really defended this and tried to work into a storyline. Like, no, this was not your plan. Usually, he's a stand up guy and admits when he's wrong. You know, when they, when they did the Cody shit, the, the Cody chair shot, they came out and said it was a mistake, it was an apology. When they did the thing when Sammy threw the wrong chair, Matt. They, they they did the thing when Matt fell. <laughs> like whenever they botch something, when something something went wrong, they usually come out and own up to it. The fact that he didn't own up to this one and and it instead is twisting it is just making me like this guy. This guy thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> like this guy, they like, do just you, you you messed up. This is was probably supposed to be your one of your biggest matches, and you you finish it off with. Freaking like I seen Power Rangers have bigger explosions than, than this. Like, come on, like it's, yeah. it's just sad. And I was looking back. So, do you remember when Jeff Jeff came out? His fireworks went crazy, and like he got they hurt him, whatever. Yeah, they could have easily just did that um, with fireworks instead of what they did, and it would look better. <laughs> like it would look more believable. But I don't know who in the world thought this was a good idea. Um. So so, but you know, I don't think like I think it's gonna. At the, at the very at the at the, the worst that could happen that they're gonna have a lot of uh, memes saying the people gonna make fun of them and hope and I think that's probably the brunt of it but it's just embarrassing <laughs> uh, for like a new company to to sell you this death match but most of the match itself was just the death part of the match was just weak you know yeah I'm reading I'm gonna read the quote that Tony Khan had so this was at their uh, you know their post media thing that they do so it says Tony Khan well no the quote is. I don't know what people really wanted. Unless you actually want us to explode the guys at the end, there's only so much you can do. So without blowing the ring and both guys up, I think the basic explanation is that Kenny's ring set to explode. His plan as a heel to build the thing with a hammer and nails, as we saw, the final bomb just didn't go off. So I guess, like, I kind of understand, you know, part of it because – that is where I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, what did fans really expect? And a lot of it is kind of just, you know, it's a little bit of fault on our own. But at the same time, like, I feel like AEW just could have tried a little bit harder somehow. There could have been something that they could have done to, you know, protect their guys, but also, you know, make it look good. You could have literally put all your damn fireworks towards the side and just put them, shoot them up. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a pyrotechnic guy. I don't know what the fuck I would be doing. Honestly, I just don't know. But when you are a top company like this and this is what you offer, like, you got to know, you do a swerve like this and it's just, it's weird. And now, unfortunately, <laughs> like, I don't even know if they'll ever do this match again with what they just did. Now, part of me was hoping like, oh, maybe this will be something we'll get. Not, you know every fucking year but maybe once in a while when shit goes crazy they're gonna pull out this but now when you're doing this as you're you know finish it's like oh i guess this is something we're never gonna get again they 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 better not do this match again <laughs> that's gonna give me like real like 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 yeah i wasn't i wasn't expecting like freaking using like i know in japan when they used to do these death matches they use like real gun gunpowder whatever else i don't think anyone i i, I wasn't expecting that case. like like you said like at the end of the day there's they're a global they're a company who's trying to grow into different markets and he, of course and with uh advertisers and stuff like that you gotta 
had a certain image, so it's not like we expected anything crazy, but we expected more than Spark. At least for the arena with smoke. <laughs> like we could see, we could see Claire's day that they didn't they did not get hit. And and I don't know. It was just it was just disappointment. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's unfortunate for what it was, you know. And that's what I think was the biggest takeaway. People will talk about that ending rather than the whole match itself. Because when you still look at the match, what it was, when you take away the fucking exploding part of it, pretty solid, you know. I kind of also wish that the ropes were not ropes, and I wish they were Mm. actually full-on barbed wire. That would have been cool. That's what I was expecting. That was what I envisioned. So... Part of it is also like just this is what we thought and this is what we got. So when you set your ex- expectations high, as people, a lot of people say, expect to be disappointed. So, unfortunately, that is uh, that is what ended up happening for a lot of us. But I, I will tell people just look at it for what it was. If you look at the match, what we got, and then you take away that because the finish we got is John Moxley losing. The added bonus we get is that disappointment to an explosion. So if you take away that part of it, it's not the worst thing in the world. But that's AEW Revolution. I agree. Not the strongest pay-per-view they've had just simply because for me it was a little bit too long. It got me tired. Obviously, I fell asleep for almost three of the fucking matches. So, you know, part of that, that's my own fault. But at the same time... You know, when you put on this much, and like I said earlier while we were talking about this, I felt like the show, it was 11.30, and I think the main event was still going on, which really was like, oh, God, this is what we're yeah. fucking watching? Still? Like, this is too much wrestling. Even if it was good? Well, no, if it was really, really good the entire time, I'd still be a little bit like, oh, God, this is a lot, but I'd be really into it. But when you have, like, these, you're finishing up some of these storylines, and you're kind of going, uh like it's just unfortunate that the way it's spaced out but overall aw is aw and i they'll recover from this i feel like they will do a good job tomorrow explaining a lot of things and doing a lot of things to make up for some of the lackluster moments of the pay-per-view on sunday but now before i was going to close the show off and i just remembered one thing i did want to talk about bobby lashley looks like a fucking star on Monday Night Raw yesterday. I don't know if you've seen it, Quad, or if anyone else has seen it, but his entrance coming out yesterday, they not only they, they fucking gave him a whole little video thing going on, they gave him, like, uh, fake-ass, like, lightning that looked badass. You know, they were really popping more on that whole almighty uh, side of Bobby Lashley. And, you know, while AEW gave us a lackluster second finish to the thing, wrestling then was better the next day when we got to see Bobby Lashley be a fucking beast. That entrance? Oof. It, this, this man's a star. I don't care what anybody say. I don't care what anybody tell me. Bobby Lashley's a star in my eyes. He's bringing the reins to my narrow. He's a top guy. Drew who? I don't care about Drew anymore. I'm all about Bobby Lashley right now. Yeah, like, you know what? And Bobby Lashley, I will say, what he can't do, I, I, I will say, they, they kind of had him speak before he went to his match. That was kind of he should not talk. That is why they got MVP. So, AKA, you know, we got a black ball, uh, Paul Heyman and, and, and Brock Lesnar here. And it's going to work because this dude's a fucking tank. And you know what? Drew McIntyre, I really, I don't, I hopefully, 
he probably will be going for a title, but I hope he doesn't fucking win it. I give props to that and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus later in the night because they fucking killed each other in that no DQ match. Even though it ended in a weird way, the photos afterwards of their body being fucking destroyed the way it was, credit to them for just doing shit like that. And honestly, if at the very least Drew McIntyre versus Bobby is where they're going to beat the shit out of each other, I'm fine with that. But as long as Bobby Lashley's the champ out of it, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, get ready for Drew. Drew Mania 2.0. You're already just you're already just thinking this. You're already just feeling this. You're yeah, you're already just. Win. I don't know. I'm not even gonna. It's why I'm not get. It's why I don't want to get too hyped about Bobby Lashley. Cause I'm not even gonna lose the title within what a month. <laughs> so it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, you know what? Like I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, like you know, you set your expectations high and then you get disappointed. Who knows? They're building Bobby Lashley really good right now. They're doing good by him. So hopefully this will continue on from now. But with all that being said, I think that is our show. This was uh, AEW heavy because AEW was the main center point after uh, for what they did. But let's see what we got going on. I'll definitely want to mention what happens afterwards, of course. You know, following up with this uh, AEW that we're going to get this Wednesday. Uh, well, today while people are listening. Uh, but... Yeah, let's see what we get, and let's see what we do next week. With all that, that's the end of the show, people. Peace out.